your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Where do we come from? Why do we sleep? How do we age? And what makes us human? These are some of the questions that very well-known Professor Luke O'Neill answers for curious children in his book, What Makes Us Human? A Scientist's Guide to Our Amazing Existence. And uh, Luke joins me on the line this morning. Hello, how are you doing? How's it going, Joe? Thanks Good. for having me on. Good. So it, it, what age range, by the way, first of all, is the book aimed at? Yes, kind of sixth class, first year, second year, sec- early teens, you know, that, you know, that kind of a, a very difficult age group you see to reach, you know, and I'm trying to get them interested in science, basically, through this book, and uh, I thought the topic of what makes us human is the one to go at, isn't it? Because when you're a teenager, you should be interested in, in that kind of question, so that's the age group that we're aiming at. Mm. And what inspired it, uh, Luke? Well, it was a book I did in 2018, just to be honest, called Humanology, which is the same kind of content for adults, you know? And that book went down well. And then Gil, the publisher, said to me, what about turning that into a book for teens? So a guy called Jim Doyle, a great artist, who's called Tara O'Brien, did a great job. And between us then, we put this together basically. Now, I would have um, sort of shortened it and left things out and included extra things as well, you know, just to make it relevant for that teenage group, really. Mm. Um, and, and I presume you want it, if at all, to be a gateway to a lifelong interest in science and maybe even careers in science. Yeah, exactly. I'm like a Baptist minister, Joe, on the pulpit here, you see, for science. You know, come and join us on this great adventure. And then I say, science is fun, first and foremost. Of course, kids love science, Joe. They like dinosaurs, stars, all that stuff, you know. And then I tell them, look, science is really good fun, but it's also very important because there are so many problems that we confront. Climate change being a good example, and we need scientists to come along and join us and try to crack these big problems. And of course, COVID itself came along, didn't it, and science made a great, great uh, addition to helping us fight COVID, you know. But the last chapter says we need you, I guess, is the idea. Now, some mightn't like science, some might like it, you know. There's a, often people don't, don't like it. Maybe this book might convince some people to consider science as a career. Yeah, because I suppose for earlier generations, you know, they were inspired either in the run-up to it or, or growing up in the wake of it by you know, men and women, hopefully, on the moon. Um, and, yeah. and, and, you know, there's kind of vague talk about Mars now. There is. But, but, but a big emblematic project does yeah. so much for science in general. But it kind of feels a bit lacking, or am I wrong about that, or what? Well, you're right. That, that moonshot, even though it cost a fortune, as, you, as we know, and all that kind of thing, inspired an awful the whole generation to go into engineering and science, you see. So the knock-on effect of that was tremendous. And, uh, and that's happened now and again through history. I think, to be honest, Joe, the COVID pandemic, hopefully, but in our case, in Trinity, a lot more people wanted immunology, for example, you know, because they saw a lot of science through COVID, for, you know, and, and that whole vaccine development, all that stuff, you know. And equally at the moment, Joe Biden actually announced about three weeks ago, he wants to cure cancer in the next sort of 20 years and to come and join us on that mission. And he, and he actually, he referenced the moonshot. He said that, that that was configured by JFK to unite the country against the common goal, you know. And now he's saying, what about cancer? Wouldn't that be tremendous if we got a lot more science, a lot more medicine, and we, and we, and we eventually crack cancer? So maybe that's the one, is an example nowadays, is what might inspire people. And is there a suggestion that the work that was done so rapidly on COVID vaccines may ultimately help in the battle against cancer? Absolutely. That, that's extremely exciting. Recently, this week, in fact, yeah, the BioNTech people, who were the ones who made the Pfizer vaccine, they're now doing 10 clinical trials 
in cancer with their RNA vaccines. Remember, there was a new technology was invented for the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines called RNA. They're using that same technology, and it works so well against COVID. Why wouldn't it work against cancer? And the idea there is you, you wake the immune system up to kill the tumour now. Because obviously the immune system is very good at fighting infection. It can kill viruses, it can kill bacteria. What if it can kill a tumour? Wouldn't that be tremendous? And there was some evidence for this, by the way, over the last, say, 10, 20 years. The success of the RNA vaccines has galvanised people now to try the very same technology now to beat things like pancreatic or colorectal or head and neck cancer. They're the ones they're talking about. You know? So for definite, I saw a great phrase, Joe, actually. You know, one of the experts in the area said it took a pandemic to convince us all this is the way to go for cancer. So again, that might be what, what we would call a COVID dividend, really. You know? Right. We're chatting to Professor Luke O'Neill because, you know, I'm very much aware, I'm sure you are, that whenever we talk about cancer in public, it has such a deep impact on pretty much every family in the country, either directly or indirectly, has an experience of you know what it does to people physically and what it can do to them and the people around them emotionally. And it, it's the great hope, isn't it? The cure it for cancer. Yeah, and remember, Joe, the numbers are frightening. Half of us will get cancer in our lifetime, you know, because of all these environmental carcinogens and all kinds of things. But it's still a massive medical problem, obviously. Now, again, there's been great progress, as you may know, in the past 20, 25 years. Things like breast cancer are no longer a death sentence for some, but some still do die of these cancers, you know. And the bigger ones, like lung, you know, as I say, pancreatic, for instance, they still need new treatments, you know. And can you imagine if we make it a chronic disease that isn't killing us anymore? Wouldn't that be wonderful? And again, all the evidence is suggesting the way to do it is through the immune system. If we, and I'm an immunologist. You know, to get the immune system now to recognize a pancreatic tumor and to kill it, wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? And then you might have a durable response, like a vaccine. In other words, if, if it does come back, the immune system will kill it again, you know. And all the evidence suggests this might be possible. That's, I think, why Joe Biden announced it. He knows he's onto a winner you know what I mean he thinks it's feasible you know and it was only yesterday we were talking about the late Laura Brennan um, and there's a catch up HPV vaccine program being rolled out named in her honour by the Department of Health because obviously there's an example the HPV vaccine that's a superb example and that's almost eliminated cervical cancer now in certain countries which is a tremendous thing to claim isn't it and again that's a funny one that's a a cancer caused by a virus it's unusual most cancers in humans aren't caused by virus but there's one that is. Of course, the answer became clear. Develop a vaccine against that virus and you'll stop cervical cancer. And it's a really effective vaccine. It's tremendously successful, you know? Yeah. We're chatting to Professor Luke O'Neill and uh, he's written a book for curious young people, What Makes Us Human, A Scientist's Guide to Our Amazing Existence. What fascinated you growing up, Luke? Yeah, do you know what it was? I'm from Bray County, Wicklow, you see. So, um, And it was the Wicklow Mountains got my imagination. When I heard... 10,000 years ago, they were covered in ice. That really got me. Isn't that a fascinating thing? There was an ice age 10,000 years ago, and that began to make me think then, you know? And then and then very importantly, a teacher. As ever, Joe, we give a shout-out to teachers. I had a great science teacher in secondary school, a guy called Fran Mooney. He inspired many of us, actually, into science, it turns out. You can't be great teachers, can you? And we often talk about teachers, and we inspiring us. But for me, that teacher made a big difference, really, you know? Yeah, and have you found that children and young people have asked you good questions themselves over the years? The best, the best questions. <laughs> Their minds haven't been distracted, you see. And in fact, my own students in Trinity, very often they'll ask the killer question, which I haven't thought of, you know, which is a great example, isn't it? And, and as I say, we need them. We, we need young, bright, young people 
to go into science to help us with these big problems that confront us. The next generation are all the more important given what we're facing, you know. And again, you're right, young, young people often ask the awkward question that turns out to be very smart, you know. And then I'm annoyed by myself, Joe, that I didn't think of it, you know, and I give out. No, I don't. I say, well done, that's a superb question to ask. I, I, you know, inspiring people is fascinating because, you know, I mean, I, I think I was having a bit of a laugh with Ronan Glenn about this at one stage, who's now moved in to another role, of course, but was the Deputy Chief Medical Officer. Yeah. About, um, well, like public health. I mean, even, you know, in the medical world, it was never seen as the most exciting career, but did it become important or what? That's exactly, they were the poor relations, you know, amazingly, for a long time. Like public health was along the lines of stop smoking or cut down on alcohol, those kinds of things. They also did infectious diseases. But of course, COVID-19 came along and suddenly they became extremely important, didn't they? And they helped us. And remember, Joe Ireland did, did well in the pandemic. We followed the guidelines the pub, largely from the public health, even though it's very difficult, as we all remember. You know, many people uh, went along with it and said, "Yes, we need to restrict things." You know, and as a result, in our death rate is a lot lower. There was, there was a big publication this week, actually, Joe, that was very interesting in terms of excess death rate in all over the world, and our Ireland did well. You know, so we can be very proud of our people. I think in terms of how we responded. Yeah, and you had your pre-COVID existence, and you you've had your post-COVID existence. How have you handled? being as well known as you've become this happened to a few people and yeah. I was talking to Catherine Motherway about this on the day that she retired and asked her what it was like and she said it was kind of bizarre to people coming up going are you the woman from the telly? Well exactly and I know Catherine she did a tremendous job by the way as well she was wonderful in the media wasn't she during this and I would have met her at a few events you see and uh, and we often would compare notes and go what's happened to us this kind of thing you know it's, it's most unusual for a scientist or a doctor to be recognised in the street. And that began to happen, you know. And I guess, I mean, in my case, I, 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 was, I was quite happy in a way because I could keep the information flowing, you know. And I always would answer people's questions. 99% of people are nice, remember, which is good, you see. So, but it was, it's, it's been very unusual. Now, mind you, I'm back in the day, job, Joe. I'm in my lab as I speak here. We had a big lab meeting this morning discussing our research. So that's my main focus, you know. So thankfully I can go back to the day job now, you know. Yeah. But, but I mean, would you have had people saying, coming up in the street, you, come here, look, will you explain that thing you were saying? Yeah. You, yeah. All the time. And, those are the, <laughs> at the, at the, and at the height at the height of the pandemic, Joe, I'm talking 30 emails a day with questions. And I answer them all, by the way. Like I hope you a one-liner because otherwise they'd be there. There were often things like, you know, questions like, should I wash my shopping? Thing. And I'd say, no, there's no need to do that, you know. So I'm, my job as a professor... You know, in some ways, is, is to provide information. You know, I do it to students, and I can do it to the general public. It just became that that became ten times more intense. That's sort of that way during the pandemic. Yeah, we were having a chat in the last hour about you know people's mood this time of the year and the clocks and darkness and going yeah. into winter in general, and then this legacy psychologically of COVID and the tentative worry, I suppose, of, of this winter. I mean, what, yeah. what what do you think is likely to happen with COVID this winter? I would try and not worry, first and foremost, because worrying is bad for your own immune system. And then you want to have a strong immune system going into winter, don't you? Because all these colds and flus and COVID are still there. Remember, So try and not worry too much. Let the experts worry, Joe. That, that's my advice on this one. If we're lucky, we'll get through the winter and it won't be too severe. And the reason is we've built up massive immunity, haven't we, from the vaccines from infection. I mean, Ireland really responded to the vaccine campaign superbly well. I mean, we're hopefully we'll see that now in the winter. People might still get infected and might get a bit sick, but it won't progress into severe disease. The vaccines stop disease, really, you know. So we can, a bit, we can be a little bit optimistic, but keep an eye on it. There's still unknowns for definite. But let the experts worry about that. The second thing, Joe, to say is very important to get your booster if you're over 50. 
because you know, we, we know the vaccines have waned a bit in, in those older people. So my advice is get your booster and get on with your life. That's the message, really. You know? Right. Um, is it true you were a rocker? Well, I wouldn't say that. That's overstating it. <laughs> I do play guitar and I sing a few songs now and again. I was sort of being in ba- My big hobby, Joe, all through my, my training as a scientist and all sorts was to play in a band, you know, and they're, they're a bunch of amateurs. You know? And I've always done that. That's my great release, basically, from, uh, from the day-to-day job, I suppose. Great, great. And as you say, you're, you're, you're back to a more normal existence these days? Definitely, definitely, yeah. And I'm, and, and I'm happy enough to be in that. See, we've got great research. We mainly work on inflammatory diseases in my lab, including COVID. We've got three projects on long COVID, for example. So my focus now is trying to make progress scientifically, you see, and that, that's my number one thing. You know, so I'm doing more and more of that again. All right. Well, listen, great to chat to you. So the book is What Makes Us Human, A Scientist's Guide to Our Amazing Existence, aimed, you know, in, in the young teen type of bracket, um, but uh, could be helpful to just about anyone. Certainly uh, those of us who get asked questions from time to time might be referring it. <laughs> oh, read that and come back to me. <laughs> and we appreciate your time this morning. Great. Thanks, Thanks so much. much Thanks, Thanks for having me on. Thanks, yeah. Professor Luke. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today.